FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ and 1340 KYLT in Missoula, Montana. Joining me like he does each week during the season is Mr. Chris Callum. Chris is coming to you from his broadcast center in Cheney, Washington. Well, Mr. Callum, we got two more FBS wins last week. I don't think these were two that perhaps we would have circled three weeks ago, but we got them nonetheless. Up first, Incarnate Word, 42, Texas State, 34. The Cars pick up their first ever FBS win, and they did it by putting up 455 yards of total offense from Cameron Ward. He connected 10 times with wide receiver Robert Farrell, also for two touchdowns. And I think, Kevin, this might say a little bit about Youngstown State and how good they could be this year. Incarnate Word, we knew they could score. We knew Ward was a good quarterback. But, you know, you have two wide receivers. You mentioned Robert Farrell. Well, Taylor Grimes had 11 receptions. That's 21 receptions between two wide receivers. They also ran it pretty effectively with Marcus Cooper, averaging 7.4 yards a carry with a touchdown. There was nothing fluky about this. Texas State isn't a very good FBS team, but that's an 85 scholarship team, and that's a big deal for Incarnate Word to whip a team like that who gives more scholarships than you do i imagine they kind of run across the same kids on the recruiting trail you would think right so this is something for the cardinals to hold over the bobcats and other schools there in the state of texas and in something that i know i didn't see coming chris northern arizona 21 arizona 19 arizona that's their 15th straight loss in a row and nau did not look especially good in their first couple of fcs versus fcs games but they put it all together against arizona freshman rj martinez comes off the bench in the second quarter to replace the injured Jeff Widener, and he went 11-16 passing with the score, and he also rushed for another 44 yards. It wasn't a high-scoring game. It didn't need to be because the Lumberjack defense forced three turnovers, including a pick six from Brady Schuff. And Kevin Daniels ran the ball for Northern Arizona, 27 carries, 127 yards, some of them really tough yards against that big Arizona front four. Congratulations to Incarnate Word and to Northern Arizona for claiming FBS scalps one week ago. And in FCS games of note from last week, number four, James Madison, 37, number seven, Weber State, 24. And Chris, we all know about the butt fumble, right, from the NFL and the Jets. This play wasn't as embarrassing for Weber State, but man, you're driving down there to maybe tie the game, and and then you have your offensive lineman step on your quarterback's foot. He drops the ball, and the next thing you know, it's six points and strike up the band for James Madison. Yeah, the game, it really did turn on that play. Randall Johnson, like he said, drops back. He gets tripped up. He tries to still make the pitch. He coughs it up. 88 yards later, Josh Surratt scores. So you go from a game that might be tied 10-10 to to all of a sudden a a two-touchdown lead for JMU. Kylan Weiser went 13-22 of for 164 yards after Johnson was pulled from the game. He also threw a touchdown, so that might bode well for the Wildcats going forward. They definitely need a passing game if they're going to stay in these type of contests against really good opponents like JMU. And I thought Weiser really settled the team down, too. He didn't come in there and wow anybody, but it looked like he took charge in the huddle. He looked competent and looked like he knew what he was doing. You need that if you're Weber State. You finally had yourself a quarterback. Maybe Barron comes back. Probably not this week, but maybe the week after. And your season isn't over yet. Big game for Weber State this Saturday coming up. Number five, Southern Illinois, 55, Dayton, three. The Salukis did exactly what they wanted to do. 
Yeah, they did. They pitched a 28-point second quarter, and they gave up just three points for the entire game for the easy win. Javon Williams led the way with 128 yards rushing and a score. And speaking of taking care of business, number six, North Dakota State, 35, Towson, seven. Towson was never really in this ballgame. NDSU, we mentioned it last week. They're starting to look more and more NDSU-like every week. This was a good road win for the Bison. Boy, that defense, too. The Bison held Towson to less than 100 yards in the first half and put up 328 yards of rushing for the game. Towson didn't even get on the board until 220 to play in the fourth quarter. Number eight, Eastern Washington, 62, Western Illinois, 56. Chris, I kept flipping back and forth between games and coming back to the Eastern Washington game. It seemed like y'all would go up two, three touchdowns, and then I'd go back to it, and Western Illinois was right back in. It was a hell of a ball game, but you got to start having question marks about the Eastern Washington defense. This is a Western Illinois team that Montana dominated just the week before. Yeah, it was a really weird game. Let's start with Eric Berrier. He sets a new FCS record, passes for 487 yards in the first half alone. He also threw six touchdowns in that half. But then the offense stalled and sputtered a little bit in the second half. The defense spent a lot of time on the field. It was a hot day and Macomb, not to make excuses, but all those things probably contributed to the outcome. Uh, And if you're an Eastern fan, you get unfortunately used to these nail biters. And, you know, I was going to mention that there were a lot of factors that went into this. Eastern looked a little bit gassed towards the end, especially on defense. But good teams find a way to hold on and win games they should. And I think y'all did that. You outlasted Western Illinois in a game where you blasted them for most of it. But that first half for Barrier was absolutely historic. I mean, going back and looking for even air raid offenses or run and shoot offenses from the past, 487 yards and six touchdowns and a half. You ever even heard of anything like that before? No, that's it's amazing. And a lot of those drives were one minute, maybe two minute drives. So again, time of possession, Eastern loss, which is unusual when you put up that many points. But they just they had quick strike going and and that led a little bit to the comeback for the Leathernecks. And in another whale of a game, number 14, Villanova 34, number 22, Richmond 27. Chris, it's kind of the second game in CAA play in early season where one team has jumped out ahead and the other teams really made a comeback through special teams and good defense. Richmond was in this one the entire ball game. Yeah, it was definitely a game of runs. The Spiders' Aaron Dykes returned the second half kickoff 98 yards, starting a Richmond scoring run of 27 straight. Then Nova comes roaring back, scoring 21 in the final five minutes to get the win. Daniel Smith was excellent. He passed for two touchdowns and the Wildcats held Richmond to just 79 net yards rushing. So if you want to look at a difference maker, it was the Villanova defense this time. And news from around the subdivision, Austin P has quit the OVC and will join the A-Sun starting next season. Chris, is OVC football something that's dying? Do you see them going out and getting people to fill these holes they have? I don't know who's going to want to do that. I think the OVC is in some trouble. Yeah, and in both conferences now have six so you know the OVC at least holds on to its automatic qualifier but it seems like the good teams have left for the most part this is a great move I think for Austin P because it's a stronger conference it's obviously a good move for the Atlantic Sun because they get the AQ but it doesn't bode well for the OVC unfortunately and I kind of scratched my head a little bit because everybody's goal right is to get to the FCS playoffs well Austin P is leaving a situation where it was probably going to be easier to get there to move to the AC Sun, where you have some of these teams you've had problems beating in the OVC throughout the years. Did that cross your mind too? 
It does a little bit. I mean, you can look at a couple of different ways. You know, if you're in a stronger conference, then you're going to have more consideration for an at-large bid as well as the automatic qualifier. And we've seen you know both the OVC in the past as well as the Southland Conference get you know more than one team in the playoffs. But I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree with it. Here is the FCS Nation Week 4 FCS Top 25. Number one, the Montana Grizzlies. Number two, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Number three, the James Madison Dukes. Number four, the Sam Houston Bearcats. And rounding out the top five, the Southern Illinois Salukis. Number six, the North Dakota State Bison. Number seven, the Weber State Wildcats. Number eight, the Montana State Bobcats. Number nine, the Eastern Washington Eagles. Number 10, the Delaware Fighting Blue Hens. Number 11, the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. Number 12, the Villanova Wildcats. Number 13, the UC Davis Aggies. Number 14, the University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Number 15, the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Number 16, Austin Pease Governors. Number 17, the Missouri State Bears. Number 18, the Northern Iowa Panthers. Number 19, the Southeastern Louisiana Lions. Number 20, the Virginia Military Institute Cadets. Number 21, the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. Number 22, the Monmouth Hawks. Number 23, the Richmond Spiders. Number 24, the New Hampshire Wildcats. And number 25, the Kennesaw State Owls. Coming up next will be Mr. Chris Hammond. He was our man on the scene at Weber State versus James Madison last week. And he'll also fill us in on what's going on with Idaho Vandal football. And later on in the show, Mr. Bobby Petrino, head coach of the Missouri State Bears, will join us. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. And we're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We're now joined by a man of many parts, Mr. Chris Hammond. Chris is the co-host of the Idaho Football Podcast and Basketball Podcast, Tubbs at the Club. Hosts the Football Chris Show, which just happens to correspond with FCS. Nice job there, Chris. And also, Big Sky Big Takes on the Big Sky Podcast Network. Chris was also at the Weber State James Madison game for FCS Nation last week. Chris, your thoughts on the atmosphere there in Ogden? Uh, it was really cool to see. Uh, it's a beautiful stadium. Definitely kind of, uh, I keep you know, kind of comparing it akin to the Rose Bowl obviously different but the way just the setting with the mountains and the way especially being a night game the sunset hit i mean absolutely i feel like if anybody's team is ever playing in ogden utah it is a uh, must go see type of stadium oh yeah as, as for the atmosphere biggest game they've had out of conference in a long long time they seem to get up for it uh i think they were like six thousand short of selling out which uh it's cool to see. Obviously, you would have liked to see the sellout there in Ogden, but uh, the Dukes fans traveled deep. I think that added a little bit to the atmosphere, and uh, it was a good time. Good time. And are you solely responsible for bringing tailgates to Ogden, Utah? It sure appears that way. I uh, went to the stadium a little early after I was told nobody really tailgates. There was one tailgate there. I posted one picture on Twitter saying, hey, there's people out here tailgating. Next thing I know, I come back from my hotel to grab my stuff and get ready for the game about – 40 minutes, hour later, and there's six other people there. And the next thing I know, I mean, uh, Brett Hine, who's the local beat reporter out there, said most cars he's seen in the parking lot in a long, long time. So it sure seems like uh, you bring a vandal to Ogden and the tailgate will follow. Well, Chris, let's talk about your vandals. Moving to the FCS from the FBS, some people liked it, some people didn't, but that's in the past and a foregone conclusion. What have you learned from Simon Fraser, Indiana, and Oregon State? 
Uh, you know, if, if you listen to what our coach has to say about it, this was all practice. We were in a quarterback competition between a true freshman and a graduate transfer from UConn. This was all kind of used to flush that out, give some of the young guys like our young running back, Elijah Cummings out of Waco, Texas, uh, you know, some snaps and kind of see what we've got as far as talent, especially compounding that off of last spring season. We kind of viewed this as more almost like you would have your typical spring. Uh, I know there's a lot of Vandal fans out there that are not exactly thrilled by the uh, score lines, but uh, something I would just remind most Vandals about the most successful season we've had in a long time is 2016. And that year we lost to number eight, Washington 59-14 and unranked Washington State 56-6. So you look at those score lines and then we'd be an FCS team at the time when we were FBS. I mean, it's very uh, similar to the situation we find ourselves in today here in 2021. A game you're supposed to win, two games you're supposed to lose. We end up going the rest of the year only losing two games and finishing with our best record since the mid-90s. So there's still some hope out there. It's just whether we capitalized on the playing time we were able to get some of these young guys because people don't like that coach Petrino said, you know, we are viewing this as practice. If he ends up running it, running the table this year, you're not going to find many people complaining about he calling the first three games that did not matter towards a playoff resume practice. Chris, the defense has to be somewhat of a worry, but you look at who you played, just like you said, who are some of the guys that are going to stand out that side of the ball for the Vandals? Yeah. When you're looking at defense, all, all buck stops with number eight, Trey Walker, absolute stud. He was voted by Sam Herter of hero sports. It's the best returning linebacker in the FCS. He's technically a true junior with the COVID year. Many expect him if he has the year he's supposed to be. Some places have him predicted as a fifth round draft pick. To be the first guy to leave Idaho early in a long time. Now, obviously, that's pending injury and him being able to put up the numbers we expect him to do. You've also got a guy for people that are around the big sky, a name that probably causes nightmares for some teams, uh, Noah Ellis. He's the brother of both Christian and Caden, who are kicking around the NFL right now. Uh, he plays defensive tackle, former four star that committed to Mississippi State for transferring back to Idaho. Took him about three seasons to really get his footing under him and really get back into the system after taking a year off with the transfer. Uh, so far this season, he has looked uh, every bit of that former four-star rating. Vandal fans would have liked to have seen it earlier, but hey, we'll take it now in his senior season. Now, the Kibbe Dome has a reputation nationwide amongst doesn't matter what level of football you follow. What is the appeal of the Kibbe Dome? What makes the Kibbe Dome so special? Hey, 72 and sunny no matter what. I saw a great picture on Instagram of a couple of our friends uh, at the Oregon State game last weekend. You know, it's Pacific Northwest. You get some liquid sunshine out here, a.k.a. rain. doesn't rain in the Kibbe Dome. It's always sunny. As far as domes go, I hate domes personally, but you've got big old windows. Uh, They do a really good job of letting in natural light. So it feels less like a dome than most of your domes. Speaking of, it's almost the exact same design as Holt Arena a.k.a. the Mini Dome in Pocatello. Anyone that's been to those two venues can tell you it is a vast difference in game day atmosphere and feel between those two venues, and a lot of that is the natural light. So you mentioned Pocatello, and we all know that Idaho State resides there. As you've come back to FCS, who does Idaho view as the big-time rival? Uh, well, boy, that's a, that's difficult. Our big-time rival is still Montana. Uh, the Little Brown Stein, second-oldest game in the Big Sky. They're the two founding members of the Big Sky, formerly part of the PCC, which is the uh, you know original Pac-12. So we've had a long, long history with the University of Montana. 
Arizona. Uh, unfortunately, it hasn't been very competitive in recent years, and so you'll find a lot of the younger Montana fans not viewing that as much as a rivalry. As far as animosity, you kind of got to look at Eastern. I think it's kind of, you pair them up. They're the, our two biggest rivals, most people would say, are Washington State and Boise State in the FBS. Eastern Washington's kind of the perfect combo of those two. You get the color field like Boise State, uh, and then you get that kind of close proximity them only being about 77 miles away, kind of like you get with Wazoo being eight, where you just kind of run into them a little bit more, where they just kind of irk you just enough, and it makes that game really fun. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Chris Hammond. Chris, tell people how they can follow you and your shows on Twitter. Yeah, me personally, I'm at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. All of our shows, like Kevin mentioned, you want Vandal-centric takes, it's Tubbs at the Club. You want Big Sky-centric takes, uh, that's the Big Sky Podcast Network's combined show, Big Sky Big Takes. You can find that on any Big Sky Podcast Network members' feed. And then, obviously, the Football Chris Show right now, strictly on YouTube under FCS Fans Nation's Network on YouTube. Uh, And we're working on getting that in an audio format for people here real soon. USA, and we are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook. Bikers Against Bullies USA. Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented platypus flosser and toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the platypus flosser and toothbrush available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle. Platypusco.com. That's my husband, Mr. Fix-It. I got it! I ain't got it! I told him we needed replacement windows for our house. I am man! I told him rather than go to a do-it-yourself store, we should contact Renewal by Anderson because they only do windows. They're experts. No subcontractors. Hey, honey, did you know our electricity runs through all these little metal pipes? Yow! You okay? Yeah! Renewal by Anderson, hassle-free, energy-efficient, low-maintenance windows with a professional, perfect fit. A hole needs to be just a little larger. Keeping your home warm in the winter, cool in the summer with their Fibrex windows. I had no idea we had this much insulation in our walls. Honey? Yeah? I think it's time we call Renewal by Anderson. Good call, Mr. Fixit. For a perfect fit, call 406-259-3944. Renewal by Anderson of Montana. 406-259-3944. 
Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful custom single-family and multifamily homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. break you're listening to fcs nation on the palmetto radio network chris callum and i will now take a trip all over fcs nation and preview some of the biggest games taking place around the country this week up first cal poly hits the road to missoula to take on number one montana it's a tough spot for the mustangs as they're still in rebuilding mode on offense and they're struggling on defense expect baby steps from the program this season but probably expect tiny baby steps when they go to missoula this week it's been kind of shocking for Bo Baldwin, I think. I don't know what he expected trying to take a triple option team and make it into you know what he had at Eastern Washington. He obviously doesn't have his type of players in there yet. I believe he'll get them. I just don't know how you continue to get your kids up each week when you know that they're probably just going to get whooped. He'll do it each week. He's a good coach. And I think if you're Bo Ball, when you have these kids learn these lessons now that they can bring up in the future, and I believe the future's pretty bright for Bo Baldwin and Cal Poly, just probably not this week at number one, Montana. Number four, Sam Houston is at others receiving votes, Central Arkansas. Chris, Sam Houston has not played well on the stripes historically. No, they've struggled a little bit. And you look at the roster for the Bears, Braylon Smith, Luan Winningham, and Tyler Hudson. Kevin, we were talking about them four years ago. They're still there, and they can score in bunches, but the defense is giving up 35 points per game. Central Arkansas is at home. A win here would be absolutely huge for them. I think we might see a shootout. I think that's a type of game, if you're Central Arkansas, that you'd be happy with that. You can put up points. We know Sam Houston can put up points, but that means that Central Arkansas is getting a few things from what is a really good Sam Houston Bearcat defense. So if you're Central Arkansas, I think you'd be much happier with the game in the high 30s because you've got a better chance to win that. I think that's Central Arkansas's play. Try to get in a track meet and hope you can have the ball last. Illinois State is at number five, Southern Illinois. Well, as you like to call him, the mustache knows how to coach up the defense. But on offense, Redbirds have more resembled Youngstown State than the 2014 squad with Trey Roberson and Marshawn Coprich. That was a heck of an offense. The Salukis have no such problem. They're averaging 414 yards per game, 35 points. I would expect Southern Illinois to take care of business against a rival here. And congratulations to Coach Spack. Last week, he became the winningest football coach in the history of Illinois State. That's something to hang your hat on or brush your stash with, whatever you want to do. But this is going to be a tough, tough ball game on the road against Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois is looking at Frisco, and Illinois State is the next victim to get them there. Number 13, UC Davis is at number 7, Weber State. This should be a good one. Yeah, huge Big Sky matchup early in the season, and Weber's dangerous. They're dangerous because they're at home, and they can't really afford another loss if they're going to even consider hosting a playoff game or two, much less get into the playoffs. 
Davis is better on defense. We've seen that. And they have the trio of Hunter Rodriguez, Alonzo Gilliam, and Jared Harrell on offense. This is a good ball club, and Weber's going to have to pull out some magic on offense, I think, to, to get the win. I think key for Weber State is specialty teams. Jay Hill is a wizard at the specialty teams. They have something each week that they try to use to their advantage on the special teams. UC Davis, you know, Dan Hawkins, wise and old coach, grizzly veteran. He's not going to have his boys be in positions to fall for those. So I really think that Davis, this game is more about how they play versus how Weber plays. Weber State is a wounded animal right now with a backup quarterback, maybe having the quarterback they want, Barron, back in the next couple of weeks. They're just trying to survive. I expect Weaver to pull out all the stops, and I expect Davis to just to try to continue to do what they've been doing, which is play really good offense, and the defense has been opportunistic and has made the plays when they've had to. Number eight, Montana State is at Portland State. No free beer this week at Portland State. And look, with what I saw in Bozeman in the parking lot. I understand why Coach Barnum did the free beer thing last week because, boy, howdy, can those Bobcats put down the brewskis. The Vikes were competitive in their two FBS encounters against Hawaii and Washington State. They can light up a scoreboard on the strength of Davis Alexander's arms and his legs. He's a playmaker. The Cats near upset over Wyoming is looking better and better now that the Cowboys are 3-0. and I think this is another very interesting early season Big Sky matchup, and it might be a toss-up game. Number nine, Eastern Washington is at Southern Utah. Chris, we generally talk about a trap game after a big win, but with the news that Montana at Eastern Washington game that was scheduled for ESPNU is now been moved to ESPN2, a true national television audience, the Eagles cannot afford to overlook the Thunderbirds. That's a good football team who can put up points. Yeah, and the Thunderbirds got a win last week against Tarleton State. That was their first on the earth, so they're making some progress. And I I agree. I think this is a potential trap game for Eastern. That's where great coaching comes in. So I'm sure Coach Best will have the Eagles ready for this one. But it's still a road game, uh, and you never know what's going to happen. Number 11, East Tennessee State. Is that Samford? Chris, this one has intrigued me since I saw the schedule. East Tennessee State won a tough ball game against Samford last year at home in the spring. And Samford seemed determined to run the ball in that contest, and they did it with some success. Now, East Tennessee State runs the football just about as well as anybody in the country does. But we know what Samford's going to try to do, right? They're going to run their air raid. They're going to run those short passes, which are really just extensions of the running game. I think this is a really good matchup between two teams that play offense well but do it differently. Yeah, I think air raid style coaches inevitably will try to go back to a little bit more balance and, like you said, just treat it all as the same thing. The Bucks are going to bring defense. They have a strong rushing attack. I think this is a big opportunity for Sanford, though, to take an early conference lead. If, if it's high scoring, then I think it favors them. And East Tennessee State coach Randy Sanders would really love, I think, to have the passing game Sanford has. But with Quay Holmes and Jacob Saylor, they just need to be patient. It will work. Run the football, wear Sanford out. They're kind of thin on the defensive side of the ball already, and it's going to be a hot day down there in Birmingham. Try to hold on to the football, wear them out, and win it in the fourth quarter. Number 12, Villanova is at number six, Penn State of the FBS. Daniel Smith had a great game last week, and he could put a scare in the Nittany Lions if the defense gets a few stops like it did against Richmond. I think this one is, look, you go up there to Happy Valley, lay it all out there on the line, play as good as you can against a really good Penn State team, and if you can hang around, make it a four-quarter game, who knows what can happen in the end. Villanova, tough test. 
on the road at number six, Penn State of the FBS. And this one intrigues me right here, Mr. Callum. Tennessee Martin at number 15, Jacksonville State. Tennessee Martin is kind of like Rhode Island, I think, right now. They're flying under everybody's radar. They've had some good wins. This is a good Skyhawk football team. Yeah, and they've been close now for a few years. What they are lacking is that really big win, and this could be a statement-type win for the program. Also consider that now Florida State is 0-3. The Luster's coming off a little bit from the Jacksonville State win there. I think JSU is gettable. They were gettable last week against North Alabama, and we both kind of thought they were. North Alabama did a lot of things to keep Jacksonville State in that football game. Fumbles, interceptions, uh, 100-yard fumble returns for touchdowns by Jacksonville State. They needed a lot of help, the Gamecocks did, to beat North Alabama. I think Tennessee Martin is much more disciplined. If Jacksonville State's going to beat Tennessee Martin, they're going to have to beat them. The Skyhawks are not going to help them. Number 16, Austin P is at Eastern Kentucky. This is another game that when I looked down the schedule, I thought this will be one to watch. It'll be a good one. Eastern Kentucky played a lot of close games. Austin P, boy, howdy, they have a pretty good offense. Well, Eastern Kentucky continues to make small strides. It can also play solid defense. We saw that a little bit last year. The Governors opened up with a great win against UTC. This would be another opportunity for them to solidify their standings. Draylon Ellis is a player to watch for Austin P. If you haven't seen the Governors play, tune into this one. Draylon Ellis is worth price of admission. The Governors quarterback, he is a name we're going to be hearing out of Clarksville, Tennessee, for years to come. South Dakota is at number 17, Missouri State. Well, this one is suddenly a huge game. Missouri State made the playoffs last spring. They have become more balanced on offense, while South Dakota has kind of gone the opposite direction. They've turned into a run-first, run-heavy, play-defense, MVSC prototype. I think this should be a really fun game to watch, and it could go a long ways towards the playoffs. Well, as Coach Petrino said in segment two, the one right before this one, they got to stop the run. They got to make South Dakota do some things that they don't want to do which when South Dakota wants to throw the ball, they want it to be the RPO, the run-pass option plays. They are not going to be able to be very good if they are forced to drop back and throw the ball 45 times. The key to this one for Missouri State, get off to a good start, get ahead, make South Dakota play from behind. Or if you're South Dakota, man, you just want to keep your foot on the gas like your offense has the last several weeks. This will be a good one from Springfield, Missouri. Walford is at number 20, VMI. You know, Wofford only trailed Kennesaw by 10 points midway through the third quarter last week, and yet they were still abandoning the run. They threw it 28 times, and I just don't think that's a recipe for winning yet for that ball club. We still don't know much yet about the Kedats other than their passing game has apparently regressed a little bit, but they played some good defense last year, so I think that they're going to show up this week and give Wofford another loss. Look, Walford is a team trying to get away from what made them a national program. Running the ball and being physical on offense and physical on defense. It's just not going to work for them, I don't think. And VMI, you lose quarterback Seth Morgan after just one attempt last week at Cornell. The backup, Colin Ironside, comes in, which is a great name for a VMI quarterback, isn't it? Colin Ironside. And he comes in and is efficient and leads you to victory. These are two teams headed in opposite directions, I think. It could get really, really bad for Walford this season if they can't figure out a way to get on the left-hand side of a score against VMI this week. 
Holy Cross is at number 22, Monmouth. Monmouth's coming off a very impressive win in North Charleston, South Carolina over Charleston Southern, and Holy Cross has an FBS win. Pretty interesting game. Yeah, and Monmouth needed that win. They looked shaky in their first two outings, but they righted that ship handily against Chuck South. For the Crusaders, they took a little bit of a step back after that FBS win, losing to Merrimack. I think this could be an evenly matched game. It should be fun. Number 23, Richmond, is at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech does not like playing in-state FCS teams. It hasn't gone well for them recently when they have. Richmond has a type of ball club that they can come in and give VPI a whole bunch of problems. But Richmond has to run the football better than they did last week against Villanova. Yeah, and I think they're going to need to pick up a few turnovers. Virginia Tech's a pretty good ball club, but... Richmond's offense is improving. You know, I meant to mention this during the recap of the Richmond-Villanova game from last week, but congratulations to Joe Mancuso, the Richmond quarterback. He's become just the seventh all-time Richmond Spider to reach 6,000 yards of total offense in his career and the first since Kyle Lawletta, who's still drawing checks from Sunday football teams. Mancuso has 4,687 career passing yards and 1,322 career rushing yards, good for 6,009 yards of total offense. Now, I say that and watch what happens on the first play against VPI. It probably gets sacked and goes underneath that. But congratulations to Joe Mancuso, Richmond quarterback. That's quite a feat. And the Mercer Bears hit the road to Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, to take on the Furman Paladins. Furman got their boots bloused by North Carolina State last week. I think most people kind of expected that. I expected Furman to compete a little better than they did. And Mercer, they were a good football team in the spring. Let's see what they bring to Greenville this week. Yeah, Mercer's kind of like Tennessee Martin. I think they're close. And we don't know much about them so far this fall because they've played just Point and Bama. But I think they're a pretty good ball club. Furman is about to enter that time of the year. It seems like it happens every season where they'll make a mini run and get into SoCon title contention. Whether or not they can finish it this time remains to be seen. Preview segments brought to you by Big Deck Barbecue Company. Proudly blended and bottled in Fargo, North Dakota, Big Deck Barbecue Company is committed to delivering high-quality, unique sauces made with the best products available. If you're looking for something delicious to spice up a weeknight meal with your family or you want to take your tailgate to the next level, you need to get a hold of Big Deck Barbecue Company. You can reach them on the web at BigDeckBBQ.com. Big Deck Barbecue Company would like to remind you that life's better on a Big Deck. BigDeckBBQ.com. Vision Office Systems of the Carolinas, one of a kind, never duplicated. Vision Office Systems is one of the Carolinas' strongest independent, locally owned and operated office equipment dealer and provider. Vision Office Systems has bucked the consolidation trend so apparent in the office equipment industry. With an award-winning product line and factory-certified technicians, they've built a strong track record and are doing their part to fuel the community's continued growth. Vision Office Systems offers a full line of -of state-of-the-art business machines for today's high-tech office. Vision Office Systems of the Greater Carolinas is the official office equipment provider of FCS Nation. Get a hold of them on the web at visionofficesystems.com. Coming up next, I'll sit down with Mr. Bobby Petrino, head coach of the Missouri State Bears. And following that will be the pick segment. All of that's coming up next right here on FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. 
Story Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com If you're ever in Traverse City, Michigan, stop into Brick Wheels, one of the best bicycle stores in America. You can enjoy that beautiful part of these United States on a bicycle. Road bikes, mountain bikes, fat bikes, even electric assist. And if you go into Brick Wheels and you say, go Grizz, go Bison, go Cadets, or whatever your FCS team name is, you'll get 20% off your purchase. So if you're in Traverse City, Michigan, go into Brick Wheels, talk some FCS football, get 20% off. That's Brick Wheels, Brick wheels.com did you know that every three minutes someone is diagnosed with a blood cancer former villanova head coach andy talley founded the be the match registry in 1992 after becoming aware of the devastating odds facing those in need of bone marrow transplants since 2008 getting the game registry drives have added 84,000 potential donors and 489 patients have been given a second chance of life log on to tallybonemarrow.org to find out how you can get in the game and save a life that's tallybonemarrow.org I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJCoulter.com. Rhino Roofing is a family-owned company working in both the Missoula and Bitterroot Valleys. Rhino Roofing has more than 25 years of experience and will provide you with the toughest roof, Rhino Tough. Backed by Malarkey Shingles with a 120-mile-per-hour wind warranty and they're hail-resistant. With a Rhino Tough roof and Malarkey Shingles, you may even be eligible for a discount on your homeowner's insurance. Call Rhino Roofing today at 406-552-3089 or log on to rhinoroofingmt.com. Stevensville Hardware, located at 323 Main Street in historic downtown Stevensville, has everything you will ever need for home improvement projects, farm or garden. From the smallest jobs to the largest ranch, Stevensville Hardware can take care of all of your necessities. Be sure to check out the Yellow House next door. It's a local landmark for all of your houseware and plant needs. Stevensville Hardware, open seven days a week, 365 days a year to serve you. 323 Main Street in Stevensville, stevensvillehardware.com. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We're now joined by head coach of the Missouri State Bears, making his second appearance on our show. We had him on last spring. Is Mr. Bobby Petrino. Thanks for being here, Coach. Oh, you bet. How's things in Montana? Little chilly, but, uh, you know, look, we're going to survive. we got a lot more chilly in front of us, as you know better than most anybody being a Montana native yourself. Well, Coach, Jason Shelley has come in, and he's performed very well for you. Has he exceeded your expectations so far? 
Uh, no, not really. You know, I, I think he's a very good player. He understands the game of football. He was raised in football, so he, he was able to pick up the uh, offensive system uh, very quickly. Uh, and I think he's still going to continue to get better and play better. And he still had a few errors each game that he's played so far, ones that I wasn't expecting and he wasn't expecting out of himself. So I think as soon as he gets settled in and, and really understands everything, um, he's going to continue to improve as the year goes on. Well, you've got Titus Wall and Tyler Lovelace on your defense, two really good defensive players, co-captains of your football team. What did they bring to the table on the defensive side of the ball, Coach? Well, we feel like we're a strong defensive team. We're not really happy with the way um, we played against Central Arkansas, although that's a, a very good offense. So we feel like our, our uh, defense is going to continue to improve. Our defensive line is, is one that can really work at stopping the run, rush the passer. And then we've got secondary guys at the safety spot in, in Titus and Kyrie McDonald who can really run and tackle uh, and a good group of, of linebackers. So uh, we feel like that's certainly the strength of our team, and we're going to continue to, to play uh, you know, with, the, with that in mind. Your cornerback, Montre Braswell, has also been outstanding in the return game, was MVFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Do you think people are going to quit kicking him the football? He's a game changer when he gets it in his hands, Coach. Yeah, he really is. And, and uh, you know, to make that play at that time in the game that was so critical, uh, and he called it. You know, he told me going in that I'll, I'll get one here for you, Coach, and he, and he ran it back, so that was pretty cool. Uh, last year against South uh, Dakota, who we play this Saturday, he returned one for a kickoff that, again, was uh, a huge factor in us winning the game. And people did start kicking away from him. So we've just got to be able to do a good job when they try to sky kick away from Braz and, and get some good returns there. We have other guys that are very capable of it. Always the key is the timing of the blocks and the returner hitting at full speed. Coach, your special teams besides Braswell have been very good as well. Your punter, Grant Burkett, is tops in the MVFC and second nationally in punting average, over 50 yards a kick. And Jose Pisano has been pretty good for you, too. He has the national lead in field goals per game with three per contest. Yeah, I really feel good about our specialists. You know, Grant's been uh, really booming the ball and placing it, you know, not not just getting the, the length on it and the, you know, 52-yard average, uh, but his ability to kick the ball inside the 10 and inside the 5 and, you know, changing the field for us has been um, something that's tremendously helped us. And then Jose has just been, um, you know, a, a very reliable, automatic, and we feel like when we get to a certain spot on the field, We've got three points um, because he's so accurate and so consistent. we just got to continue with that. Xavier Lane was outstanding against Central Arkansas, 148 yards on nine receptions. That's the most receiving yards by a Missouri State Bear wideout since 2018. He's come in as a transfer from Western Kentucky, and he's lived up to the billing, Coach. No question, and and you really like to see guys like Xavier excel and do well. You know, he practices hard every single day. He came in here and and learned the offense quickly. Um, he's very motivated. You know, he's he's really wanting to go out and have his best year um, in in his last season. And he's been a leader for us. His ability to get the other receivers and and everybody else on offense to practice hard and practice full speed is something that has allowed us to improve. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Bobby Petrino, head coach of the Missouri State Bears. Coach, 
When you came to Missouri State, everyone, even up at the next level and coaches around the country, have heard how tough the Missouri Valley Football Conference is. What has surprised you about that league that you're now a part of? Oh, no, it is tough. There's no no doubt about that. You know, everybody that you play week in and week out have really good players, and they're very well coached, and that makes it, you know, competitive every single game. Um, we were 5-1 and one in the spring, shortened spring season last year, and all five of those wins were fourth quarter wins. So we're trying to work hard on developing our depth, being in great shape, and being able to practice and play when the pressure's on, when, you know, the fourth quarter, when it really matters. And I think you're going to see most of the games in our conference become fourth quarter wins or fourth quarter losses. Did the spring help you with you coming in and, you know, just getting your feet wet at Missouri State? Did the spring help you acclimate your players to what you expect from them and what the expectations are for the program? Yeah, no question. But the fall, even last fall, helped us even more, you know, for our uh, president and athletic director to to allow us to, to play three games in the fall and get practices in and our players to understand the system, the protocols we go through on a, on our weekly preparation and and to get used to that and then being able to play in the spring and compete and and see how it, it how it works and the expectations of the players changed, you know, they expected themselves to do well, they expected to excel, they expected to find ways to win a game. So our expe- our expectations have completely changed because of the spring season. Now we've got to, got to just continue it and find ways to win games again this fall. Got a tough South Dakota team this week. They do the RPO about as well as anybody else in the country, and that's kind of your thing, isn't it, Coach? When you had Lamar Jackson, RPOs were kind of something that you were a part of. It has to make you happy to see them do it so well, but you hope that they don't do it so well this Saturday, correct? Yeah, they've been executing very well on offense, you know, between running the ball and, and running the RPOs and their quarterback throwing it. Uh, they've been in sync, and, and it's, up, it's up to us to take them out of that. we got to control the front. we got to be able to stop the run and put pressure on the quarterback to, to do other things besides the RPOs, to have to drop back and throw the ball and drop back and convert third downs and, and then be able to pass rush him and hit him and get him out of his comfort zone. Um, we feel like that you know our defense is very capable of doing that. We did it last year real well against them. But you have to be disciplined with your assignments and with your eyes against that RPO game. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Bobby Petrino, head coach of the Missouri State Bears. Coach Petrino, thanks for making the time, sir. Really appreciate you being here. And best of luck this week against South Dakota. Thank you very much. You guys have a good one. The interview with the coach segment is brought to you by Herald Group Security Solutions. The Herald Group is a comprehensive security solutions company headquartered in Northeast Tennessee and was established to provide dynamic security solutions to the modern security security risks people and facilities face. The security of you and your company's assets are Harold Group's number one priority. Look them up on the web at haroldgroup.com. That's H-A-R-R-E-L-L-G-R-P.com. We're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Networks. Now time for my favorite segment of the week. This is the pick segment where Chris Callum proves he's a lot smarter than I am. Up first, Cal Poly hits the road to Missoula to take on number one, Montana. 
Grizz play really good defense there at home. Cal Poly rebuilding. I think they're going to make a little bit of an improvement this week, probably score a couple of times, but give me Montana, 44 to 14. Like Chris said, the Grizz are solid on defense. This is the best group on that side of the ball Montana's had in years. The offense is coming along, and this will be another opportunity for them to gain a little more confidence and get some reps, and the Grizz will win at home, 42 to 10. Number two, South Dakota State is at Indiana State. Indiana State appears to be improved, but I don't think they have enough in the tank. So give me the Jackrabbits on the road to get the win, 28-17. The trees have grown each week. This will be a good look to see how far they've come. The 605 Hogs are the key to this ball game, And while not an especially deep group, there isn't a better offensive line in all of FCS football than the South Dakota State Jackrabbit offensive line. Expect a strong dose of Pierre Strong Jr. in that running game, for which Indiana State will have no answer. Take South Dakota to state with an MVFC road win over Indiana State 31 to 14. Number four, Sam Houston is at others receiving votes, Central Arkansas. We want to pick the home team in an upset, but I think it's a statement game for Sam Houston as well. I think they get the win. Give me the Bearcats in a close one, 40 to 38. Some polls have Central Arkansas ranked, and maybe they should be. And the Bears have given Sam Houston fits historically on the stripes there in Conway, Arkansas. It's a tough road trip and a tough place to play. If Sam Houston is who we think they are, none of that should matter. The Bearcats are... And it won't. Sam Houston wins on the stripes over Central Arkansas, 38-28. to 28. Illinois State at number five, Southern Illinois. Saluki's at home, 36-10. to 10. Redbird quarterback Bryce Jefferson is hurt. Jackson Waring will be the starter for Brock's back squad as they travel to face number five, Southern Illinois. Absolutely no QB troubles for the Salukis, and their defense will confuse, harass, and ultimately beat up Waring and the Redbirds, 34-19. to 19. Number 13, UC Davis is at number seven, Weber State. I'm going to go with the Aggies here in the uh, in the mild upset. I think they have a better offense and a better defense at this point. Special teams might keep Weber State in it, but uh, UC Davis will get the win here in a close one, 20-17. to 17. Second straight top 25 game at home for the Wildcats. Fourth-year sophomore quarterback Kylan Weiser steadied the Weber State offense after a disastrous first half against James Madison. He's going to be able to do more than just steady that group against this Aggie defense. I don't believe he will. Take UC Davis on the road over Weber State, 31-20. to Number eight, Montana State is at Portland State. Well, I want to pick Coach Barnum, but I think Montana State's better than we thought they were heading into the season. Give me the Cats to win 34-25. Bobcats looked great last week against San Diego. Portland State will be better than San Diego. Bobcat QB Matthew McKay gives the Bobcats a legitimate passing game, which is something they've lacked recently. Elijah Elliott and Luke McCutcheon lead a deep group of receivers. Portland State will fight, but the Vikings are just a little bit overmatched in this one, and I think the Bobcats win in the Rose City over Portland State, 34-17. to Number nine, Eastern Washington is at Southern Utah. Eastern Washington writes its ship a little bit here. Better defensive performance. Give me the Eagles, 42-18. to 18. Can the Eagles defense get enough stops? Will be a question you will hear on this show to Chris Callum's chagrin a lot of times going forward the rest of this year. The Thunderbirds can score. If Eastern is sloppy and they turn it over a couple times, this will be a very bad trip to Utah for them. Close one here, but Eric Barrier will make the difference, as he does most every week for Eastern Washington. Take the Eagles over to Thunderbirds, 38-31. Number 11, East Tennessee State, is at Samford. 
I think East Tennessee State is out to capture a SoCon title. I think Sanford is going to be in the running, but not this week. They're going to have to play from behind. Give me the Buccaneers to win on the road. Tough one to call here. And listening to East Tennessee State people, you get the feeling that Bucks coach Randy Sanders would love to be as effective throwing the ball as Sanford is. But Coach Sanders is smart enough to ride Quay Holmes and Jacob Sailors, and those two might be the best one-two punch at running back in all of FCS football. He'll do that, and the Buccaneers will win in Birmingham over Samford, 28-26. Number 12, Villanova is at number 6, Penn State of the FBS. The Wildcats will put up some points, but not enough. Give me Penn State to win 48-24. And I like Penn State in this one, 45-13. Tennessee Martin is at number 15, Jacksonville State. I think the Gamecocks have struggled a little bit since that win against Florida State, or at least they did last week against North Alabama. So I think that they're going to come out, play a little better, and take it to the Skyhawks. Give me Jacksonville State, 40-24. to Not me, sir. This is a very intriguing game. The Skyhawks have played well with wins over Samford and Northwestern State. Quarterback Keon Howard has been efficient, and he's also run the ball well, can make plays with his arms and his legs. Add running back Peyton Logan to the mix, and the Skyhawks are really good on that side of the ball. This is my upset pick of the week. Take Tennessee Martin to win at number 15, Jacksonville State, 24-21. to Number 16, Austin P is at Eastern Kentucky. I like Austin P to win this game. I think it'll be relatively low scoring and a close game, 24-21 to for the Governors. The Colonels of Eastern Kentucky play a lot of close ball games. They lost on the last play of the game to Indiana State last week. The Gubs have good wins over Chattanooga and Moorhead State. And I mentioned this young man earlier, but Governor's quarterback, Draylon Ellis, might be the best-kept secret at the quarterback position in FCS football. Too much Ellis and the Governor offense for Eastern Kentucky. This will be a close, hard-fought road win for the Governors, 27-21 to over Eastern Kentucky. South Dakota is at number 17, Missouri State. I think this should be a really good game, but I'm going to go with a team that has a little bit more offensive balance, and that is the Bears. Give me Missouri State to get the win in a shootout for a Missouri Valley game at least, 38-35. I disagree with you again, Mr. Callum. Coyotes quarterback Carson Camp has been extremely efficient, and the Yotes can run the football with Nate Thomas and Shamari Lawrence in the backfield. The RPOs have been run to perfection by South Dakota, and I think the Yotes win this one on the road over number 17, Missouri State, 28-26. to Walford is at number 20, Virginia Military Institute. VMI is a better team here, and they're going to prove it. Give me VMI 31 to 10. Like I mentioned in the third segment, VMI quarterback Seth Morgan got hurt early last week in the road win over Cornell. Colin Ironside came in, and he played pretty darn good. Walford got whipped in Spartanburg by Kennesaw State last week. The Terriers really have no offensive identity. They're not talented enough to throw the ball and beat you, and they seem too stubborn to go back to what made them the Walford Terriers, which was the triple option in the running game. Could be a very long year from the Terriers. Hope they prove me wrong, but I don't think so. Take VMI at home in Lexington over Walford 30-17. to 17. We're out of time. Thanks to Mr. Bobby Petrino and Mr. Chris Hammond for being our guests this week. Thanks to Chris Callum for co-hosting and Justin Swallows for producing this show. I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall. And like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.